0: In the United States, 6.4 million children between the ages of 4 and 17 have been diagnosed with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD. About one in 54 children are identified with Autism Spectrum Disorder. Those statistics are heightened at Ledger Middle School in Gales Ferry, Connecticut, where one third of the student population receives either special education services or 504 accommodations for ADHD autism, learning disabilities, or emotional needs. In an equally as surprising statistic, these students make up more than half of the school's bike club, a club founded by Kristen Gallagher. Kristen is a veteran special education teacher and a recreational cyclist. When the Connecticut Cycling Advancement Program came to her school five years ago, suggesting that cycling could help children focus and improve academic performance, Kristen took the handlebars and five of her students out on local trails. Membership grew to 10, then 15, 30, 45, and now more than 60 students participate, making Ledger Middle School's bike club the largest in the state, complete with jerseys, a district built barn with water and power, two parent assistant coaches, and annual PTO support. Welcome to Fund for Teachers, the podcast. I'm Carrie Caton, and the goal of each episode is to elevate teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. Today, in celebration of National Bike Month, we visit with Kristen Gallagher, a 25-year special education teacher and 2020 Fund for Teachers fellow. Kristen, along with teammates Duane Vaudry and Liz Dubriel, designed a fellowship to attend the Bicycle Assembly and Maintenance class at the Barnett Institute in Colorado to transfer skills to middle school and high school students so they may take ownership and responsibility for the school's fleet of bikes, and also expand the bike club to incorporate more students on the autism spectrum and those with special needs. My first question pertained to the unlikely intersection of biking and special education. As a veteran special education teacher, how did you decide that learning how to repair bicycles was
1: the fellowship for you? So it started almost six years ago now. Connecticut Cycling Advancement Program met with our principal and there was an email and they said, anyone interested in being an advisor for a cycling club? And I hemmed and hawed because my kids were a little bit younger and I went, I don't know, do I want to take something on? I'm like, well, I'll find out what it's about, but I bet there's going to be a whole bunch of people who are going to be interested in this because this sounds really cool. Just me were you a cyclist already? When I was in like the junior high range and early high school, I used to cycle all the time. I used to do cycling camps and then I became a runner because it was quicker. And I stopped cycling and then I had my kids and on my fortieth birthday I said, you know what, I'm gonna buy myself a bike. And I just started to bike with my young kids. And this opportunity came out. And of course it was mountain biking. I'd never mountain biked before, I'd never ridden a mountain bike, never owned a mountain bike. And they came in and they were like, come on, you can do it, you can do it. Oh, you can do it with your hybrid bike. And so I learned the hard way. You don't really you really can't do this with a hybrid bike with little skinny tires and no shocks. And I had a core little group of kids, about three to five kids come every practice that we'd have, and it just kind of gain momentum because the kids would say, can we have practice again? When are we going to do this again? When can we do this? Because Kristen, these were your special education students? One or two of them were. And there was a kid who probably should have been a special ed kid who just was this quirky guy, called him danger zone, because if there was something to hit, he would hit it like a porta potty in the middle of a field. But it was great. And I'd never coached anything before the most unlikely coach because I am not really sporty it just kind of evolved and then I saw kids that I knew and I'd say "Hey, you should join bike club this is really fun you'll love it and then work got out and as we're practicing and we ride around the school it's like free advertising I didn't even have a bike I was running next to the kids on the trails then CCAP gave us some bikes. We got grants for bikes. We had about five bikes initially from them. They all went to kids. I would run with them on the trails. I went to our local bike shop to get the bikes repaired. And I was telling the owner of the bike shop, I'm like, yeah, and I run with the kids. And he's like, you can't do that. You need to have a bike. He went upstairs to the shop, got a brand new bike. and He's like, you ride this bike until you can get your own bike. When you have that kind of support, even beyond the walls of the school, you're going, okay, I'm on to something. This is something really good. We've grown from three to five kids, and the next year it was 10 kids, and then it was 15, then 30, then 60. So when we got to the point of 30 kids, I had more bikes from CCAP that they'd granted us and then they would go into their warehouse of bikes and they would find donated bikes and fixed up bikes and we'd have like a hodgepodge of bikes. But then I found out about the Specialized Foundation, which is now called OutRide. It's a non-for-profit that Specialized Bikes sponsors and put together to get more kids on bikes. I applied for that. They granted us 45 mountain bikes, brand spanking new mountain bikes. How did
0: that turn into an opportunity in California for you to go for some professional development? Sure. So that was part of that Specialized
1: Foundation grant. They took the teachers that were grant recipients. They called us champions. And they flew us out to California. And we had this week-long training. And we did a whole curriculum of bike safety, bike checks, helmet safety, turns, hand signals. We went to Stanford University. And they're doing brain research with the Specialized Foundation to look at The effects of cycling on kids with ADHD. We got to see the researchers, got to meet them. They did like some demos. They have like the caps with all the little probes all over them and stuff and watching, you know, giving them novel tasks to solve. And and then after biking, giving them another similar task to do and, and looking at the response and focus. And so that was part of that training. And I think that's why they liked what I was doing, because so many of the kids that I work with have attentional and learning problems, that cycling just makes sense for them.
0: So to recap, you start by being volunteered to be the advisor for this bike club. You start with two special ed students, maybe three other students. You go from there to 10 to 15, 30, 45, 60 students. You get grants to get 45 bikes. You go to professional development at Stanford
1: University. Now you're the largest bicycle club in Connecticut. Yeah, we're the largest school team in the state of Connecticut. I used to advertise, hey, come on, you should join. It's so much fun. You're going to love it. You're going to do great in bike club. And now I don't say anything because I don't want to have to turn anybody away.
0: And their peers see friends cycling around with, with team jerseys on, and you bike in different races regionally. And then I read in your grant proposal that your district built a bike barn for you with water and power and two parent assistant coaches and the PTO supports you. Like it, it's become this
1: movement in your community. It's unbelievable. And I, as my husband, we talk about this a lot. And he's like, you know, people want to be a part of something that's good. And I agree a hundred percent. And this is something that's good. So I'm, I may be the one who organizes it, but I'm not the one who keeps the ball rolling. There's so many people who want to support this. I have Eagle scouts. They were formerly in the bike club. They're going for their Eagle Scout and they're tying it into making trails in our area. And then these kids will come back. They've come back to actually help mentor and ride with the other kids. My favorite story. Well, there's so many, but this one, I have this one kid, Garrett. And Garrett has nothing but an outside voice. He does not have an inside voice. And as I described him to his parents, I said, you know, people think he's boisterous but it's just the joy in his heart that just can't be contained. He is just marvelous. I'd sent him as a leader with groups of kids and I'd know where they were because I could hear Garrett (laughs) on the trails. But he has grown so much. When he started in seventh grade, I went to after the first couple of practices, I went, Oh Lord, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this child. He is really tough to handle. He has a hard time listening. He's screaming at the other kids. He's just having a tough time. And I, hold him aside. And it was one of those learning opportunities. And I feel like it was, those are like your best teacher moments when you change your thinking about somebody you have in your mind. And then when that kid, you talk to that kid and you see that change. And he really changed my thinking just about being more open-minded. And so I know that what does for me. So I know that like, and for kids, such good things, they all take away something personal, but good things, so many good things come out of it. But my guy, Garrett, He is working on his Eagle Scout. I kind of thought about this whole mentor, mentee, high school, middle school with him in mind because he's great with younger kids and he's just, he's so bright. And I, you know, kids see him as this loud guy, but as he grew in eighth grade, they saw him as this leader. He's the one that I trusted that I put my faith in, that he would do stuff, you know, and so I, like, when we got our grant bikes, just to jump back a little bit, we had 45 bikes and I, the bike mechanics, amazing. And I said to him, I'm like, Hey, can we bring some kids to learn how to assemble these bikes? Said, yeah, sure. So he doesn't work on Sundays, but came in on his day off and he taught the kids how to assemble bikes, smiles all around It was fantastic. So it was, you know, I had in my head that I wanted to learn the mechanic piece because then I could show some kids. But then when I saw those kids and what they could do and how quickly they learned and how enthusiastic they were, I was like, okay, this has to happen. We have to, we have to do this. We have to give it a try. It was two years between when I applied for, I applied for funds for teachers for a similar grant, but it was on my own. And it was the same year as the specialized grant and things happened for a reason. I couldn't have done both. It would have been too much on my plate. Fast forward and my principal when day pulled me aside. He's like, I love what you're doing. And no offense. He's like, but I don't want cycling at our school to be a Kristen Gallagher thing. I want our school to be a cycling school. And I said, yes. <laughs> so he said that to me like right end of September. And I said, okay, I'm doing it again. I'm going to apply for this grant. It just opened my thinking to what else could we do and how could I do this and who would be my team? So I knew Dwayne would go. Dwayne um, helps out with the team. His kids both cycled with me, his son and his daughter. And he's an avid cyclist as well he's a special ed teacher with you. So yep. So he's done, and he's done everything. Like he's worked in a behavior program. He's worked in a resource program. And he's also right now currently paired up with another teacher and they have a, a, an autism program that they run. So we bring that background, but we need, we need somebody else. We need that third leg in the triangle. So I was thinking, and I was walking into school and I saw Liz and I went, <gasps> Liz. She doesn't bike, but she's the right person. She's younger, enthusiastic. She runs a STEM club, Girls Who Code. She does that like after school. She used to teach technology. She taught history at the high school. Now she's middle school, social studies. She is just a really neat, well-rounded person. And she was like, I would love to do that. That sounds amazing. I would love that. And she goes, we can get more girls. I said, yes, we can get more girls involved as well. So it's not like, oh, we're all these three bike gearheads and we're going to go and do this bike thing. It's that contagion of how awesome this is. It just spreads. I want people to come in just like the kids that, can you paddle a bike? Awesome. You're good. We'll teach you what you need to know. I love that because that's modeling for your students.
0: Y- y'all are going outside of your comfort zone to do something that's, that's really good for your body and your mind and you're having fun. And so that would be a magnet, I would think, to your students and in fact it has been. I'm curious, before we talk about the fellowship that you designed with Liz and Duane, I want to talk a little bit about the demographics of your school because it's a very unique demographic. Proportionally, you have, I forget the percentage of students who are considered special education students.
1: We have a very high percentage um, compared to the whole population. We have a high transient population because of the military. So we have kids that come in and they have their active IEPs. And that's a whole unique need too, because we've got the special education niche for our military families because the U.S., the naval base is three miles down the road from the school. But then they also, there's that friendship piece and joining the bike club creates like this instant friend group for kids and I think that's special and why they like it and then I have several military kids that they gravitate to that because I think it's that friend group. We also have the Mashatucket Pequot Native American tribe and that's within it's within the borders of Ledyard, but they're a sovereign nation and their students most of them come to uh, Ledgerd.
0: Of these students you have transient students from the military you have students from the local tribe You have students with special education or 504 students, and then of the special education students, the subgroup that's the largest are ADHD students. Then you have high school and middle school, and then you have the general population and the special ed population. So you have about as many variables as I can think of in one organization. And sometimes you have the special education students who are mentoring the typical students, and you have the, the older t- helping the younger or the younger helping the older. And can you talk about the, the melting pot of, of your group and what that looks like? Because it seems utopian to me.
1: I guess my whole thing is, is everybody has value. Everybody can contribute and everybody can do something to their ability. And then having the parent volunteers who are a definite different comfort levels, but willing to try having them work with students, let's say, who are more reluctant. So just being able to break up things so that everybody has something. I had a student who his parent, his uh, mom said, "Look, you know, he would like to join. He he is on the autism spectrum. He has a hard time socially. He's very bright. Well, let's give it a try. Let's have him. Well, he could help bring the bikes in and out. That he doesn't want to ride. It's too stressful because there's so many rules. And if kids aren't following those rules to the letter, he gets very very stressed about it. So." We gave him jobs where he would take our bikes in and take our bikes out. And that he was part of that check-in, check-out process. So we were able to give value to kids. They'll tell me, like, Mrs. Gallagher, I can bike around the track now five times without stopping. It's like a half-mile loop. It's pretty good size. I can go five times without stopping, and I could only do two before. And I'm like, yes, you know? And like I have these two little these identical twins. I'm like, you guys are beasts. Where does this come from? They shrug their shoulders when I ask them how their weekend was. And they're, they're like little beasts. It's fantastic. And they talk to me. And they, they do stuff that I, I'm shocked all the time. at How amazing. I love them. It's awesome because as a special ed teacher, you know I have my very emotional celebrations with my kids for those little things. But if you're in eighth grade and you still don't know the sound of F or A, It's hard to have a lot of triumphs in school. So when we go out and you're on the track or you're in the field and you're in the woods on your mountain bike and you accomplish something in about 15 minutes that you didn't think you could do and that kid feels like they're on top of the world and then you're just, you're hugging them, you're high-fiving them. It's really amazing. And so kids are building that connection, a positive connection with school. And seeing that they're good at something. Reading might not be your thing. We're going to work around that in school. But you're good at other things. You can do stuff. Kids, their confidence, they're proud of themselves. They have these moments where they melt down because they're so frustrated. And then you watch them kind of pull themselves together. And then, darn it, I'm going to do it. And then they do it. You know, I mean, there's just so many lessons, that grit, that perseverance, success. There's so many, it's so many good things. I never, I never in a million years would have known that when I started this. When I said yes to that email, I had no idea.
0: The organization from which Kristen obtained her grant for bicycles is called OutRide, and it is a public nonprofit dedicated to improving the lives of youth through cycling. Through its primary research, riding for Focus Cycling Program, and OutRide Fund grant giving activities. OutRide provides evidence-based cycling interventions to improve social, emotional, and cognitive health. Learn more at OutRideBike.org. We're learning from Fund for Teachers fellow, Kristen Gallagher, who will use her grant to join teammates Dwayne Vaudry and Liz Dubriel, become certified in bicycle maintenance. They will then add a mechanics component to their school's bike club, the largest in Connecticut. The club's membership reflects a unique and collaborative community of special education students and those from transient military families, students with ADHD or autism, and students from the nearby Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Nation. In recognition of May as National Bike Month. We're learning about the alchemy Kristen has created and the impact of biking on students' confidence and academic accomplishments.
1: The next step is with the mechanics piece. I cannot fix flats up. I'm supervising 60 kids. Cats on wheels is what they are. They're all over the place. <laughs> I need to be like on my game. If you have a flat tire, I, if I go get a different bike is what I tell you. Sometimes you don't have another bike. And so somebody's got to stop and change a tire. And that takes away from what we're doing. So I cannot wait to get more kids involved doing that piece because it just adds more value to everybody, that everybody has something to contribute. So then we bring the mechanic piece in, I'm giving them a career opportunity as well.
0: Let's talk about that because that's where your fellowship comes in. You decided that the missing piece in your bike club was the mechanic side and you sought out an international expert
1: to teach you how to repair bicycles. 45 bikes at the end of the season all need to be tuned and they need to be adjusted and they need to be winter, you know, sat for the winter. So when the spring season rolls out, we're good. And the same thing at the end of the spring. So it just seemed the logical thing to do is if I have a team of 60 kids to take some of those little bodies and then bring in other kids in our school community who may not want to do the physical part, but are interested in the, the mechanics part, bring those kids in And I've got like a team of kids who can fix flats, adjust brakes and things like that. Really simple stuff, but it's meaningful. And then it gives that little carrot of a vocational, pre-vocational thing, like kind of like working with my hands.
0: So now you will be going with your team to the Barnett Bike Institute in Colorado. And it's a week-long bike assembly
1: and maintenance class. Yes. So the, the bike mechanic that we ride with on Saturdays, one Saturday, it was just he and I, and we were talking. And I said, you know, I want to learn bike mechanics. What can I do? Can I come into the shop? Can I come in and watch you guys? And he's like, yeah, you can. He's like, but I actually want to take a class. Like there's, you know, going in and watching somebody do stuff while they're working. I said, that's different. I want to take a class. I want to know how to do stuff. He's like, oh, well, then you have to go to the Barnett Institute. It's internationally recognized. It is the place to go. And one of the things that they talk about at Barnett, the way they teach, everything is precise, as opposed to a lot of the mechanic classes they teach you. Well, you know, you you do this until the tension is loose, or you do this till the tension is such and such, or try that. They've kind of broken it down a little bit more prescriptive, which is more in line with what I would need for the population that I work with. And then in the winter to be able to hold like some maybe once or twice a week mechanic club and just teach a skill at a time, bring my high school kids in to help mentor the the middle school kids. And I'm hoping that that will be a cycle so that when they go back up, I'll have those kids who already know to come back down and to work with the younger kids again and just keep it going so that I have a constant feed of experienced riders and, and bike helpers. Maybe this will give a kid, maybe just one kid, a little twinkle of, I kind of like this. Maybe I want to work with bikes. Maybe I want to work with cars. Maybe I want to work with small engines. Maybe I want to go to apply to the tech school. We have two fantastic regional tech schools in our area. Maybe they'll see that they can do. Maybe the classroom you're not your best at, but you can do something.
0: So really, then you would you would have a, a cycling
1: team and then
0: a student-run maintenance team.
1: Yep. And then the other, other leg of that as well is we have a high-needs special education population in our building as well. And they have like a kitchen. They have a washer and dryer. So my goal is um, incorporating them as well. Like they did our jerseys this year at the end of the season. I had them wash and fold and sort all of our jerseys. But I want to have them find other jobs that we really need done. Have those kiddos during the school day come in and work on things with the bikes as well. Like they get muddy, you take like a little short handled broom and you brush off all the mud, inventory the helmets, make sure the numbers are lining up with the numbers on the wall, you know, that kind of thing to bring in more kids, show value, meaningful jobs. You're not just, you know, I don't know, cutting out stuff, you're doing something. One of the things that you said that summarizes everything that you've talked
0: about here and everything that you put into your proposal is that this is authentic learning for an authentic purpose. And I hear so much authentic purpose of whether it's giving them self-esteem to achieve something that they might not achieve in the classroom. Maybe it's planting a seed of inspiration that, that they are smart in an area. Maybe not in in this area, but they do have value in another area. And then also for vocational opportunities after school. So it's just, it's so inspiring what you, what you have
1: created and what your community has embraced and valued. I step back and I look and I look at the whole thing and the, from where it started to where it is. And I look at that, how much of the community we've brought in from kids and teachers and parents and the bike shops It's just really cool to be part of something, I don't know, that that makes such a difference in kids' lives. Like, I truly believe that cycling changes kids' lives. I've seen it. We
0: look forward to using this podcast to elevate more teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. But you can learn from almost 9,000 Fund for Teachers fellows now by visiting fundforteachers.org slash blog or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you Fund for Teachers fellow, Kristen Gallagher, for sharing with us about the bike club at Ledger Middle School in Gales Ferry, Connecticut. I'm Carrie Caton. Thank you for joining us today at Fund for Teachers, the podcast. Until next time, keep learning.